Jesus, I pray in this time that that is what would happen, that you would lead us to the cross. I pray, Jesus, that you would open our ears to hear, that you would give us eyes to see. And most importantly, God, I pray that you would give us a heart to receive from you today. Jesus, I pray that the hard words that may be heard today, I pray that they would be not just words we hear, but I pray that we would receive them as you speak to us today through your word. Amen. So last week we began a series called The Divine Mentor. We started by looking at how easily it is to to get distracted by, by all of life's things, if you will, Uh, by all the things that are going on in our lives, whether it's work, whether it's family, whether it's hobbies. um, The extent is kind of limitless almost to the possibilities of what there is to distract us. But yet we tend to forget about the most important thing, the most influential thing in our lives is our relationship with Jesus Christ, but yet we tend to neglect our relationship with him the most. I challenged us to be a people of God's word last week, to to take the Bible and to read it on a daily basis, not just something we go to when we have some spare time, but something we schedule and make a regular part of our lives. This week, I want us to look at some hard truths about ourselves. The first from Joshua 1.8. It says, keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prop- prosperous and successful. God is literally telling us that the very words that are written in this Bible are not just words on a page, but it's, it's living words. It's living the life that God has called us to. He literally tells us that it's the key to prosperity. But wait a minute. I thought culture told me that money was the key to my prosperity. No, it's not. It's literally your relationship with Jesus Christ that is the key to your prosperity, to your successfulness. It's your relationship with him. Today, I want us to look at something that has, has come to me and has really kind of changed the way I look at my relationship with Jesus Christ. And, and I, I'm sad to say that it, it took me 30, um, 33 years to realize it. But at heart, you and I are addicts. I don't know what he's talking about. Well, I'll tell you why. We're all addicts. We're all addicted to something. Did you know that? Did you know you're all addicted to something? 
most of the people are saying yes because I've told them that before, that they're addicted to something. And they're like, yeah, yeah, you're right, I am. But addiction can be more than just what we typically think about in terms of like alcohol, drugs. Addiction is a vast variety of things. Um, so we have caffeine. Um, um, I'm sure there's many Starbucks people in here that will you know, admit to that one. Uh, exercise, um, TV, uh, pleasing other people. Anybody know one of those people? Yeah, I, I know a few of those. Um, the internet. Um, uh, pornography, sex, food, knowledge, success, money, our status, our jobs, our, our careers, music, anger. Addicted to anger? I, I counseled a guy one time that was addicted to anger. It's possible. Uh, comparisons. Constantly comparing ourselves to everyone else. Um, a sense of accomplishment. A sense of accomplishment. Not just doing something because we're, we want to do it, because we like doing it, but doing it because that sense of accomplishment that we get after it's done. And then we quickly start a new project so that we can finish that one and move on to the next one. And it's all just a goal to, to accomplish something. Uh, memories. We can be addicted to memories. Um, uh, this is a good one for some people. Uh, talking. Anybody addicted to talking? <laughs> and everyone's like, like, yeah, you're the pastor. You're... you're. <laughs> Everyone's raising Mary's hand back there for her. Um, um, addicted to pets. Um, addicted to competition. I, I tell people I was addicted to competition, um, and then I went to Jay County, and they cured me of that. <laughs> yeah. I didn't. Yeah, I'll skip that part. But we all have addictions. We're all addicted to something. I, I love this quote, and it's, it's been a quote that has been on my mind ever since I read this a couple years ago. It says, to be alive is to be addicted. And to be alive and addicted is to stand in the need of grace. To be alive is to be addicted, and to be alive and addicted is to stand in the need of grace. Our very lives demand grace, the need for it, the need for Jesus Christ in our lives, and the grace that he brings to us for all the things that control our lives and run our lives and, and have priority in our lives that are not Jesus Augustine once said that God is always trying to give good things to us, but our hands are full, but are too full to receive them. If our hands are full and they are full of things to which we are addicted, not only in our hands, but also in our hearts, in our minds, our attention are clogged with addiction. Our addictions fill up the spaces within us Spaces where grace might flow. That our lives 
are so full of everything that we can live without. But the very thing that we need the most, the very thing that our souls desire most is the thing that we put last, is the thing that we put on the back burner of our lives. So what has kind of spurred this in me is on, um, in, was it November? It's been a blur now when Jim died. Um, my uncle, um, he was an attorney in Chicago. Um, he uh, passed away uh, in November. And um, he had a secret that he uh, didn't want people to know. Um, most addicts don't. Um, he was an alcoholic. And uh, for seven years, he had been in recovery. And it was a challenge for him. Um, he fooled a lot of people for a long time um, until he literally almost drank himself to death. Um, he ended up in the hospital and almost died. And, and then it came out that it wasn't what he was telling people. He was telling people it was low blood sugar. And that's the way he, why he was, um, couldn't keep his balance and um, was sweating profusely and just, you know, wasn't showing up to meetings on time and, and typical things that, you know, could affect low blood sugar. But then it came out and he had to make a choice. Am I going to continue to let this addiction control my life, potentially lose my wife, potentially lose my career, or am I going to commit to recovering from this? And, and he made a, a hard decision. We think, well, duh, there's only one decision to make. But for an addict, that's a completely hard decision to make. And so he chose to, to go into recovery and he chose to, to invest in his marriage and he chose to invest in his career and he, he, he unfortunately didn't choose to invest in God. And he, he spoke to me, he, he told me, about his addiction, uh, kind of because I pieced everything together and I asked, um, but he didn't tell me at first. It, it took him a while, but I wrote him a letter, and I told him that I respected him. I told him that I, I loved him and that I respected his decision because he, he wasn't just making a decision for himself. He was making a decision for my aunt. He, he was making a decision to, to choose the hard road because the easy road would have been for him to just continue to, to drink because that's what his body desired. That's what his body craved. And so he openly told me about his addiction. And when he died, I, I, I asked my aunt for one of his one of his coins. Um, she hasn't gotten it to me yet. I'm not going to rush her, you know. And I'm not going to like, hey, 
give it to me, you know, type thing. Um, so wh what I did is um, I bought one, and it has um, number seven on it because he was in recovery for seven years. And it says on it, to thy own self be true. And then it says unity, service, recovery. To thy own self be true. Well, you look at that and you read that, well, that's kind of selfish. We're talking, you know, it's about himself. But see, here's the reality. Yourself, who you are, is literally ingrained in God. You can't look at yourself apart from God. You cannot, whether you, you can say, sure, I, I, you know, I don't want anything to do with God. You can say that all you want, but you cannot disconnect yourself from God. He literally created you. And so to be true to yourself is to be true to who God wants you to be. To be true to yourself is to be true to who God wants you to be. If you talk to an addict, they will never tell you, I'm a recovered alcoholic. Or I'm a recovered, you name it. It's always a, I'm a recovering alcoholic. Because it's a choice we have to make every single day to recover from our addiction. On the back of the coin, it says, it's the serenity prayer. It says, God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. You know, God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. I cannot change the past. I, I can't go back to the things that have been done. But God, give me the courage to change the things I can. I can change who I am today. I, I can make the right choices today. I, I can choose a better future for myself, uh, for the people around me and how I treat them. And so as I'm thinking about this whole like addiction thing, and, and as I'm thinking about an addict's struggle to go through recovery, I realize something. Recovering addicts are better at what they do than most Christians are in their faith. You see, because they, they carry this coin in, in their pocket, and it's a constant reminder to them to, to make the right decision. They get a, a sponsor to, to walk through things when they feel like they're being drawn to, to go towards their addiction again or to give in. There's a call their sponsor, and, and their sponsor is that person who encourages them, who you know, talks them down off the ledge, so to speak, and, and speaks into their life and builds them up so that they realize they don't, you don't need to turn back to that because you need to make the right decision for you now. And that's not it. But yet, Christians, we, we want to walk through life on our own. We don't want to let people know our struggles. We want people to kind of mind their own business. And, and we'll come to church, and, and we'll worship, we'll sing songs. But um, the rest of the week, leave me alone. Don't ask me to do something. 
It's too much time. But yet a recovering alcoholic has to make the willing choice every single day of their life to not give in to their addiction. So then I began to think, what if Christians took their faith as seriously as an addict has to take their recovery? Could you imagine what the world would be like? Could, could you imagine? I mean, the churches would be filled not because we had to even go out and get them. People would just be drawn to what was going on. People would be drawn to your lives, to knowing what was different about you. Because I can guarantee you, when my uncle made the choice to go into recovery, and when he started, people started seeing him again once he got out of the hospital and, and started to, to get into recovery groups and talk about what was going on in his life and, and work on his addictions and his recovery. And I guarantee you, when people saw him again, they noticed something. There was something different about him. He, he carried himself differently. You could see the affection again that he had for his wife. You could see the life in him again. And it's the same as for Christians as it is for a recovering person. There should be a difference in our life. There should, people should be able to look at our lives and tell that there's something different about us compared to someone who doesn't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. If we are just like everyone else and there's no difference about us, then there's something wrong. I'm not saying we should be weird. I'm not, I mean, I'm, don't act crazy and like, I, don't do that. You don't need to. I'm, we're all weird enough. At least I'm weird enough for you. But, but literally in the book, of Alcoholics Anonymous, the, guys, the two guys who wrote this, they said, those who do not recover are people who cannot or will not completely give themselves to this simple program. Usually men and women who are constitutionally incapable of being honest with themselves. Half measures availed us nothing. We stood at the turning point we ask his protection and care with complete abandon. Do you hear the words that they're using in there? It, it, there's nothing halfway. It's you have to commit yourself fully to the process of recovery. If you're not all in when it comes to recovering as an addict, this, the program will fail you. The same is true for a Christian. If you are not all in when it comes to your relationship with Jesus Christ, the program, this, what we're in, the worship service, the small groups, the reading your Bible, all of that will fail you. If you are not all in, if you are not a completely abandoning yourself 
to Jesus Christ. Some of you may be thinking, I don't know who this guy is. He doesn't know anything about what he's talking about. He doesn't, I don't have any addictions. Well, let me help you out. More than likely, if you're thinking that, you have, I can tell you one addiction you have. It probably has something to do with being right all the time. We all have them. We all have struggles. I've shared multiple times with you that, you know, my, one of my biggest struggles is working. I'm a workaholic. I love what I do, and so it's easy for me to pour into that and, and forget about everything else going on around me. I've got other issues. Don't worry. It's not limited to one. But what are the things in your life that have control of you. I pray that it's Jesus Christ. I pray that he's the most important thing in your life. If he's the most important thing of your life, when, when the pastor says, hey, let's commit to reading the Bible every day and like being a people of the word of God, you're like, duh. That's, that's what you're supposed to do. Let's be a people that pray and let's be a people that you know, are, are loving towards each other and lift each other up. It's like, yeah, that's what, that's what we're supposed to be doing. I thought that was a given. That should be the reply, but that's not the reply because we don't take our faith seriously. Let's be honest with ourselves. There are so many things in our lives that take precedent over our time with God. You see, when we have an appointment, when we have a meeting to go to, when we have a job to do, we, we, we make, take special time to put it on our calendar and plan for it. Do the same thing with your faith if that's what it takes. Plan it. When I get up in the morning, you know, okay, 20 minutes, uh, you know, I'm going to spend reading God's word. It's, it, I, I'm not a morning person. So the whole morning thing, uh-uh, not happening. Like, God will not get my best, at, you know, in the morning. So it's, you know, like 10 o'clock type of thing. It's, okay, 10 o'clock, I'm doing my devotions. Will we commit to being serious about our faith. You know, I was, I was thinking about these coins. Do you, know, do you know what the most important coin is for an addict? Which coin do you think it is that's the most important? I, I think they all have value. Don't get me wrong. So when I say that I disagree with some of what you're saying... The most important one is not the one, the first one. It's not the one you have. It's the next one. It's that next one. It's that next one that I need to get to. 
Because if I fail today, that next one isn't there. I start back all over again. Because you see, my uncle had year seven in his pocket. But, but if he would have given in to his addiction with alcohol and he would have taken a drink, and I say that a drink because a drink turns into a lot more than a drink for an alcoholic. If he would have let himself have a drink, he wouldn't have started over like the beginning of year seven. He would have started with day one. And his next chip he would have got was a month and two months, three months. He would have started the whole process all over again. So the most important one to me, and I'm, this is my opinion. There's no factual information about this. Because I have to make the choice every single day to be a follower of Christ. Because you see, we can pray a prayer. We can ask Jesus to come into our life. And we can and we could be done right there. A lot of people stop there. No change happens. We just pray to prayer. But we literally have to make the choice every single day to honor God with our lives. Romans 12, verse 1 says, Paul says, I ur- Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in the view of God's mercy... To offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and pleasing and perfect will. For an addict, literally... They have to transform the way they think. They have to transform what their, bo- their mind has been trained to crave. And they have to choose every single day with their mind to not give in to their addiction. Isn't it ironic that it just so happens that Paul says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind? What is the strongest part of you that has control over everything you do? Your mind, right? So what if we saturated our mind with God's word? What if we literally allowed God to to be our main mentor, to speak into our lives the truth that he's proclaimed for us? What if we took it seriously enough to actually do what it says and to listen to what it says? It will change you. It will transform you. There's a difference between having strong feelings about something and really being addicted to it. The difference is freedom. The difference between having strong feelings and being addicted is freedom. When you're addicted, you don't have freedom. But let me tell you this. When you are addicted to Jesus Christ, 
you have all the freedom you need. You have all the freedom that you could ever want. You may think that the the things that control your life, the things that we're addicted to, make us happy and please us, but they give us a happiness that is only temporary. Just think about the things that a lot of people put their time into. You know, people are, some people are addicted to, to buying clothes. Well, guess what? Those clothes wear out. People are addicted to having the newest and best thing. <clears throat> Just stepped on my own foot there. Um, because what happens? I've got a, you know, I bought an iPhone 5 um, the same week that the iPhone 6 came out. What's up with that? It's already old. Once, because I can't afford the new one, so I get the old one. Uh, But it all wears out. There's not freedom in having those things. There's not life in those things. We'll forget all about those things, and, and life will pass us by. We'll be sitting somewhere by ourselves in a nursing home sometime asking us, what in the world happened to my life? Where did my life go? Did I live life? And we're going to ask ourselves all these hard questions. And the question is, are we going to be end up beating ourselves up because we're ashamed of the life we chose? Or are we going to find complete freedom in the fact that we lived life to the fullest, just as Jesus Christ wanted us to do? Because we lived with, I love the terminology, complete abandon to him. When you live life with complete abandon, you experience the fullness of the song we're going to sing in a few minutes. You experience the fullness of what it truly means to be redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. To live a life that you were meant to live, to fulfill the destiny that you were born for. No sports team is going to give that to you. No other person, even in your family, is going to give that to you. There is no even comparable experience of, of having, holding your child in your hand. There's no experience of, of seeing your child graduate or seeing them fulfill the greatest accomplishment in their life compared to having Jesus Christ be the redeemer of your life. Knowing that you are in his hands and he loves you more than anything in the world. So my question for you, the question you'll never hear asked, will you become addicted with me to Jesus? I'm literally, I'm asking you, to do something that no one else is going to ever ask you to do. I'm not asking you to go like half in. I'm not asking you to just tip your toe in the water. I'm asking you to dive full in, cover yourself, and become addicted to Jesus Christ. Because when you are addicted to Jesus Christ, you have life.
You have freedom. And all the other things that you were addicted to begin to fall away. Begin to become not important to you. Begin to not rule your life because the ultimate thing that should be guiding and ruling your life is now the first priority. It's now the person that you give all of yourself to. And let me tell you this. When you give all of yourself to Jesus Christ, you become the spouse that God destined you to be. You become the parent that God meant for you to be, the grandparent. You become the worker in your career. You become that successful person that God meant for you to be in that career. Those things just naturally happen when you completely abandon yourself to him. And it won't happen. If we just, every once in a while, pray. If we just, every once in a while, read his word. It has to become the thing that drives us. It has to be the thing that we find ourselves one day waking up and saying, man, I forgot to read the Bible today. My day's just off. I had a Sunday school teacher tell me that one time. He's like, I, I missed a day this week reading my devotions. He was one of those morning people. He, he'd get up and, he, and he's like, I missed. Like, everything went wrong that day. And you know what he blamed it on? Nothing that happened. He blamed it on how he started his day. Because for him, he needed God's word to be in him, in his mind, and leading him throughout the day. It's going to look different for all of us. It's not a set thing that it's either you do it this way or it's wrong. It's, it's you find what works best for you, but how will we begin to take in and absorb and live what God has called us to? So as we, we stand up and we sing this song, I, I pray that you hear the words. I pray that you will make the choice to be a recovering Christian every single day because we have to make that choice. Will we honor God with our lives or will we not?